Welcome to the Iowa Journalist Podcast Series, brought to you by the University of Iowa School of Journalism and Mass Communications. I'm your host, Jack Martin. On this episode, I talk to Lindsay Moon, a 2012 SJMC graduate and senior digital producer for Iowa Public Radio. My name is Lindsay Moon. I am a 2012 graduate of the University of Iowa College of Journalism and Mass Communications. I double majored in journalism and anthropology. After I graduated from the UI, I moved to Wisconsin and worked for Wisconsin Public Radio as a general assignment reporter. And then I relocated to Champaign-Urbana, Illinois, and worked for WILL, which is a dual licensee NPR PBS station on the University of Illinois campus. Then I moved back to Iowa and worked as a talk show producer for IPR's programs Talk of Iowa and River to River and made a transition into digital media about two years ago. And now I am a senior digital producer for Iowa Public Radio. What made you want to pursue a journalism degree? Like, what was your first initial interest in journalism? Sure. So, oh, man, um, I have been interested in journalism since I was quite young. I, like most students who really like to write, when you're in high school, your teachers say, well, maybe you should look at journalism because you can't make any money in creative writing. <laughs> um, so, first of all, that's not true. And secondly, I... Um, when I am from a small town in Western Iowa, graduated with about 42 people in my high school class. So there weren't a lot of opportunities at my school to do journalism. So when I was 16, I started working at the county newspaper, writing sports stories. And that's how I got started. And then when I came to the University of Iowa, I didn't know if that's what I wanted to pursue indefinitely. Um, but I liked the fact that the J school had the double major option. They kind of make you do that. Um, so I switched around from political science to a couple different ones and ended up on anthropology because I've thought that the connection between like long form literary journalism and um, ethnography was quite interesting. Um, and so that's kind of what set me down um, the path of looking for an internship in journalism. I found a research assistant position with Iowa Public Radio when I was a sophomore in college on the University of Iowa job serve listing. Um, and so I got my foot in the door by starting there. And then I also worked on a music show called Java Blend. And so it was a really nice foray to like understand what the research side of preparing stories was. And then I also got some experience with like tech and mic stuff and miking instruments um, and doing some real editing stuff with that music show. So I saw just by doing research and the things that Jamie had sent me that you were a first generation student. So what did that mean for you as you were going through college? Yeah, so I think that anybody who has had a college experience that didn't have parents that went to a four-year university understands how difficult it is to wade through um, the financial aid applications and also just the workload that is on you as a student at university is quite different from what it is in high school. And so um, it was challenging just because there weren't a lot of people who understood the workload that I was under or exactly like what it meant to study at the university. Um, and working through the financial aid process was difficult. Um, I think that the University of Iowa Journalism School does a great job of offering uh, scholarships for students within the school if they need and do a great job of steering um, you through how to apply. And so, I don't know, socially, it was also kind of difficult. I think that 
Um, there are a lot of kids that end up in college that have parents that went to college and kind of take it for granted that they have some familiarity with what it's like to be on a university campus because they may have visited with their parents, you know, to go to sporting events and stuff when they were younger. And so coming to the university, just not having had any of that experience, um, it was quite a transition. Going through college and going through SJMC, what were some lessons that you've kind of taken from, you know, that experience and are still applying to your career today? Sure. So on the note about being a first generation college student, I feel like um, I was really self-conscious of that for a period of time. And I didn't want people to know that about me. And I've come to find out that the things that make you a little bit different from the norm are actually experiences that are really valuable in reporting. Um, if you're going to pursue a career in journalism, I think one of the most useful things that you can do is endeavor to be a person with a lot of varying perspective on different issues. Anthropology definitely helped me with that. Um, and so I came to view that as a strength because I understood the path through it without having a lot of parental guidance. Um, and so I think that that's an important lesson. Like if you don't have the typical experience that a lot of other people have, like, don't be self-conscious about it. I've worked with a couple of interns who English is not their first language. And they have asked me if that is a barrier to them getting into radio. And I always say, absolutely not. Um, especially in public media, there's a real opportunity for folks who speak more than one language to do reporting in communities where English might not be the first language of the population that you're reporting on. Um, so I think that's a really important lesson. I also was lucky enough to have some outstanding professors. Um, Judy Pollenbaum, who's now an emeritus professor, was someone who I worked with quite closely, and she gave me a couple of really awesome pieces of advice. Um, one of them, she told me, um, subscribe to a new magazine every year that you might not normally read and read it cover to cover. It's a great way to gain perspective, and you'll also get story ideas from reading magazines that cover things differently than what you normally read. Um, so, I mean, I'm not a person who would subscribe to like Vogue or People, um, but I've had subscriptions to those magazines and I did learn a lot and um, it was helpful. I've been through subscriptions with The Wired, The Atlantic. Um, and so I would encourage everybody to do that because it's great for perspective. Um, the other piece of advice that I was given when I was an undergrad was to, in addition to working hard and pursuing your career, it's also really important to find work-life balance and have a personal life. And so I was given the advice to pursue three things outside of your job, a hobby that will keep you moving and active, uh, find an activity that you want to get involved with that helps you find community in a new space. And then also try to find something that keeps you creative and encourages you to never stop learning. Um, I've relocated when I moved to Wisconsin, I didn't know anyone in Madison. And when I moved to Illinois, I didn't know a single person that lived in the entire state. Um, so when you, I mean, if you're going to get into an entry-level journalism job, you're probably going to find yourself in a city that you've not lived in before and don't have a lot of connections. And so having a hobby or something outside of work to help you get connected was so useful for me. Um, I ended up going down kind of a circus rabbit hole, got into hula hooping and juggling, um, stilt walking, uh, did some aerial silks classes for a while. And finding that community wherever I've moved to has been really helpful for me to like feel like I have a life where I'm living in addition to doing my work. And it's also been really helpful for story sourcing. Um, hobbyist communities have a lot of different kinds of people. And there's a book from N the producers at NPR um, 
it's sort of about how to become an NPR producer. And the best piece of advice in that book, in my opinion, is to surround yourself with really interesting people. Um, and so getting involved in a hobbyist community definitely helps with that. And so I would say those are probably the three big lessons that I learned at the UIowa. Also fact-checking, Steve Barry was one of my professors, one of the founders of Iowa Watch, so. So what like attracted you to radio? Do you have any influences in radio that inspired you as you were kind of growing up and coming up or, or influences that are still inspiring you as you're right now? Sure, so um, I think there are a lot of people who get into public media who have the story of, oh, I listened to NPR in the backseat with my parents when I was a kid or I grew up watching PBS. Um, I don't have that story. I came to public media and really started listening to NPR when I was 17, 18. Um, so I came to it a little bit later than a lot of folks. I really fell in love with Robert Krolwich's storytelling style early on. Um, he's one of the co-hosts of a show called Radio Lab, which is incredible in its audio production style and was quite innovative when it was launched. Um, He's also got a story. He used to do a, a science blog for NPR called Crawl Witch Wonders. And there's a story called There's a Fly in My Urinal um, that is from that blog. And that is the story that made me want to make radio. It was one of those, oh my gosh, really? <laughs> kinds of stories and is about a janitor who started painting um, flies in urinals to help with the quote unquote spillage that he was cleaning up. <laughs> um, so that was introduced to me by Ben Kiefer, who is uh, the host of Iowa Public Radio's River River Show. He used to teach a class at the UIJ school and um, introduced me to that. And I really caught on fire for radio. There's a difference for me between print and radio with being able to hear the tone of voice as someone is expressing something with a quote. And so I initially really fell in love with the idea that people express so much through their voices. Um, and I'm a person with chronic migraine. I get really overwhelmed watching screens for a really long time. And so I just really liked the audio medium for that reason. Um, fast forward to today, um, I'm really enjoying NPR's new podcast, Throughline, which is about um, current events and context of history. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, NPR Music came out with a podcast about the history of hip hop in the United States called Louder Than a Riot. And that's an amazing podcast that's been new. Um, there's another podcast from NPR called No Compromise that's about um, the gun lobbying movement that talks about a family that's based in Iowa that is doing gun rights organizing all over the country, um, actually. That's a really good one. And then, I mean, obviously I work for Iowa Public Radio, so I have to mention uh, Here First, which is our daily news podcast, Under the Golden Dome, which is our podcast that focuses on the legislative session with how quickly things are moving this year. That's a really good one to listen to. It does a very good job of putting what's going on at the state house in context. I really love American Experience from Iowa, or from PBS as well. That's a documentary series that's been airing for quite some time. What do you think that radio provides as an outlet that others like print don't? Radio allows you to digest information and multitask in a way that print doesn't. So um, I get up in the morning and I turn on the Iowa Public Radio app on my cell phone and I listen to morning edition like while I'm working out and while I'm making breakfast. And if I were to try to read, I couldn't do that at the same time. So I like the fact that you can really take radio with you wherever you go. Um, you could make that argument about television. Um, you can't take a TV with you when you're going to go walk your dog, for example. So I like the fact that radio allows you to multitask and it's very mobile in its traditional form. I mean, now 
every everybody has a digital presence that blends all different kinds of multimedia, but at its core, um, I like the fact that, you know, you can get in your car and drive across the country and pick up different radio stations just by flipping around. And um, it's a really mobile way to stay up to date with what's happening in the world. You've recently been promoted. So what does your new position entail? Yeah. So um, I took on a position as a digital producer with IPR about two years ago. We were starting to build our digital department. So um, really formalizing our social media strategy, talking about you know, what our design style as an organization looks like, uh, getting serious about distributing podcasts in different ways, uh, thinking about monetizing digital content has been a big part of my job. Um, and so as I move into that role, I'll continue to do those kinds of things, really working on special projects. Uh, for the next year, I'm going to be embedded with IPR's music team. We have a, a local show called Studio on Tracks that airs on weeknights and on the weekends, and we're going to be experimenting with putting some new kinds of segments and sounds into that program. So I'm very excited about that. And if you are a musically inclined person that's plugged into the Iowa music scene, I would love to make your acquaintance. All right. Oh. That's, that, I mean, that sounds really cool. I mean, so is yeah. it going to be like promoting like different kinds of like Iowa artists or national artists or? We're going to focus on Iowa artists. I mean, it's been a really hard year for everybody in the music scene. Um, so mm -hmm. we're hoping to, you know, connect people, connect fans with bands. Like it's been a long time since anyone's been able to like dance at a show with a beer. And um, I'm hoping to bring some of that energy to the radio in the next year. I'll also say that as a digital producer, as I've moved into this position, um, I'm also really seriously trying to develop some web development skills right now. Um, if you're a college student right now and you're getting ready to graduate or thinking about what kinds of skills can make you really marketable um, in the job market right now, there's a lot of opportunity in the digital space. Um, that's true in public media for sure. If you're interested in working for an NPR member station, um, NPR as a network just launched a new content management system. And if you end up, I mean, if you end up filing stories for an organization, you're going to have to work with a CMS. And so the more you understand about the way the internet works and the way that content gets pulled around the internet, the more valuable you are. And so I would encourage everybody to look into like basic web development and coding classes. There's a program at Nubo called Delta V Code Academy that's actually offering a 101 and 102 series for free. Um, in February, March, and I think they might be offering them throughout the year. Um, and so I would encourage folks to check in and look at that. That's been something that's been a priority for me in the last several months. So how vital were your, like you said, you had a lot of, you know, internships in different kinds of positions that have led to this point now. So how vital were those for gaining different kinds of experience and knowledge and working in different places? And how did that kind of all combine and help you get to where you are now? Sure. Um, so useful. Get an internship. I feel like my studies at the University of Iowa prepared me ethically and um, sort of structurally for what it was going to be like to be in the working world, but getting an internship gave me hands-on experience. It connected me with people um, that would help me network. And in news, I mean, who you know and what your reputation is, is very important. And so um, go out and get an internship. I ended up with Iowa Public Radio, actually, because back in 2012, there were a lot of unpaid media internships, and I just couldn't afford to work for free. Um, so I ended up with Iowa Public Radio because it was the only paid internship that I could find in Iowa City at the time. So I would encourage folks to reach out, find internships. If you're not sure where to look, reach out to folks that are working in the industry. They're always happy to help. And um, 
Don't work for free. Even if you're an intern and a student, your skills are valuable and you deserve to be paid for them. So just kind of a quick, I guess, deterrent from the journalism talk, you mentioned your different kinds of hobbies. So I was wondering how you got into fire breathing, hula hooping and all that. Sure. So um, my degree in anthropology, I was really interested in undergrad in um, like shamanism and different kinds of like experiential awakenings. And I also got really interested in um, the idea of utopian communities and experiments in utopian community, which there are several of in the state of Iowa. Um, and that led me to read about Burning Man. And so I decided that I wanted to go. I found some people that wanted to go. I actually did a story about a regional event for Iowa Public Radio several years ago. Um, and I saw people that were at a circus camp and they were doing fire art and hula hooping. And I just thought it looked like so much fun. And so I walked up to him and asked him to teach me and I never looked back. <laughs> it's a dangerous art form to get involved with if you're gonna pursue fire. There are several aerial studios in Iowa actually that are taking students right now that are very safe. It's so much fun. Um, and there are several juggling clubs around the state as well that you can get involved with if that's something you're interested in. Is that something that you see yourself just kind of doing forever? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, there's a lot of research behind how juggling can really help if you're a person that practices mindfulness. Um, moving your hands and thinking in time with your body while you're juggling, there's a name for it called repetitive motion therapy. Um, and so I'm a person that's very anxious <laughs> and struggle with anxiety. And so juggling has been an outlet for me therapeutically. And so I juggle over my lunch hour all the time. Um, been slowly reclaiming the phrase media circus <laughs> for a few years now. Um, as I've gotten into circus, I've also used some of my skills as a producer to produce circus shows. And it has been really interesting as I've gotten involved with that to use some of the skills that I have as a journalist to like communicate with counties and cities about fire permits and things. I've done some fire performance indoors at the Corville Center for the Performing Arts and going through the paperwork and like doing the research about the materials that you're using and the venue and the curtains and the schematics of the ventilation system in the building to make sure that you're safe if you're going to be fire eating. Like all the research skills that I learned as a journalist really helped me um, do all of that safely. Um, and the skills that I learned in digital media really helped with the ability to like market some of those performances and shows that I've helped produce. It also just, I mean, if you work in news, I manage the homepage of Iowa Public Radio's website or have for the last few years. And when you stay in, stay tuned into so much heavy news for so long, it can just be a big weight. And so mm -hmm. having a creative outlet like that, that's very cathartic has just been like invaluable to me personally. I mean, if, you've, if you're interested in journalism, you know that you're going into a career where you could be making more money if you worked somewhere else, but you probably have a drive to storytell and making sure to take care of that part of you that's driven to do the work is really important. And I think that having a hobby outside of just being a journalist, like gives you another identity. And it just also like encourages you to continue to be creative. Interesting. That's a really cool hobby. I mean, that you're the first person I've talked to that is like a fire breather and does the circus stuff. But obviously I've seen that stuff growing up, but that's really cool. And it's interesting how you say that being able to use your research skills from being a journalist can like help you do it, you know, safely because it seems obviously you just look at it. It seems incredibly dangerous. So 
Yeah. Yeah. Don't try it. Don't try it at home. (laughs) If you're, if you're interested in learning a skill like that, find, find a professional to teach you. It's not safe to try it on your own. Have to put that in there as a disclaimer. (laughs) To close, what kind of advice do you have for incoming or current journalism students who are either looking at a career in radio or just other fields in journalism? Make connections with people in the field. Because if you're interested in getting involved, the people that are going to teach you skills that you need are probably going to be the people that are on the hiring committees when those jobs get posted. So getting serious about getting an internship and networking yourself with folks that are working in the field is an invaluable step that you can make as a student. I would also encourage everybody to have a voracious and varied media diet. Um, If you I mean, that advice is always true. I know that it's annoying and we hear this all the time, but if you want to be a writer, you got to be a reader first. And that's so true with journalism. You know, if you want to work in TV, watch TV news. If you want to work in radio, start listening. If you want to work in print, start reading. Because when you show up on the first day of an internship, your supervisors are going to be able to tell how plugged in you are to their content. Because the content that they work on is what they live and breathe every day. Um, And so the more prepared you can be to step into that, Um, the more success you're going to have in an organization. Um, I would also encourage everybody to keep that self-starting attitude as um, newsrooms have shrunk over the last few years, people continue to wear more and more hats. And the more of a multi-tool person you can be, um, the more options you're going to have. If you're interested in radio, keep an eye on IPR and I'm happy to chat if anybody wants to talk further. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more, you can find us at uiowa.com edu backslash sjmc for more episodes of the podcast you can find us on your preferred streaming platform